This is All About Home Construction, and here's your hosts, Terry Cannell Beck and Randy Blake. That's right, All About Home Construction. Good morning, man. Uh, how's it going, Randy? Good. A little cold today. How about little, yourself? Eh, a little chilly when we're recording this. It's like uh, single digits, nine degrees, a little bit of uh, wind blowing around, but that's why we live in the high country in January, right? That's it. And, uh, you know, we had, we, we measured ours this morning, seven and a half inches. It's, yeah, we're probably around that same, uh, six to eight inches. It's hard to say here because, um, we got a lot of wind on top of this, this hill. And, uh, so a lot of us moved around. In fact, there was about a foot on when, when the kids were looking out and trying to go outside on the porch, there was about a foot up against the door. So, um, yep. Yeah, it's been quite quite windy here. Well, it uh, we had some friends, uh, Texas, uh, Kansas Chapel got about a, a foot, other side of Boone. They said they got about four inches, but they had a lot of wind too. See, so it is moving around. Yeah, it's um, it, you know, for so long we've been talking about in the high country, like, oh, when are we gonna have a real winter? And I, I would say that this classifies as a real winter the last couple weeks, huh? Yep. Well. Just about when you, you know, like what I grew up with, you know, we got out for Thanksgiving, then we had missed a week or two for Christmas then a week or two in January. And, uh, that's the reason we didn't get out to, uh, June 15th every year. Right. Well, I mean, that's the thing, you know, right now that, uh, the local schools, all of the, the high country schools and the, the three or four counties surrounding us, uh, have missed, missed several days, but, um, you know, then that's the whole remote day thing. That's the new, that's the new way to keep us from going on uh, spring break or, or on uh, Saturdays. So I don't know. It's a trade off. I like the virtual option, but that's just my personal preference. But well, how's uh, that going for you? Uh, you know, I, I I see it going really good. I mean, we we see kids engaged all the time, and uh, you know, it's just like anything, whether it's in person school or virtual school, it, it is what you make it. Um, you know, and if you got, if, if, if you're encouraging your kids to get on and your kids want to learn, then they're going to do better. But that same thing goes, if, if you encourage your kids to learn in school and then they go to school, they're going to do better. So, yeah, it's yeah a, that's right. School starts at home. That's I mean, I, I'm a big proponent of that. You know, it's a, if, when, when the kids hear you complaining because, oh, so they've got remote school, they're not going to do anything today. Guess what? They're probably not going to do anything that day. But, you know, if it, it's all how you, it's, it's just like how you sell it to kids. I mean, that's the way kids work. But anyway, that's, that's <laughs> all. turned his computer off the other day. <laughs> nice. I'm glad he's in kindergarten. Uh, you know, it happens. I mean, it, it's I'm not saying it's easy. Don't get me wrong. But um, I don't know. It is what we make it right. I mean, we all learn different ways. and it, We can all learn that way if we want to. Um, no, that's just, it. Yeah. I'm just like we can all read a book if we want to, but anyway, that's why we have podcasts like this, though, right? So you don't have to read, and you don't have to. Uh, you can, you can work around it while you listen. That's why we got this. Yep, that's right. Um, but uh, well, what's been going on in your world? It's I'm, I'm sure uh, the the construction has slowed down the last couple of weeks due to the cold weather. But how, how's it looking? Uh. It has. Uh, we got to work a couple of days this week. Uh, you know, last weekend, like I said, we went to mom's house, you know, to check on that tree that hit the house. And, you know, we fared pretty good, you know, considering the size of the tree. I sent you pictures of it and stuff. But we finally got uh, two days into work this week. Uh, we actually had a new one this week. And, uh, they took the top railing off the deck. Like I said, this house has been built in 2012. And the six by sixes, even though they were covered with a two by six on top of them, were dry rotting from the inside out. So now we're going to have to replace all the railing. So th is this the same one that we talked about last show where uh, it's kind of rotten out around the, uh, the bands? Band is yeah. yeah, sure is. And it, it just keeps getting deeper. Oh, and uh, so you're looking at 11 year old treated lumber that's failing. Mm. And 
I mean, we, I know we, I don't want to rehash the, the last couple shows we've talked about it, but um, again, you know, do you think this is an inferior product or improper insulation or maybe, maybe a little of both? No, not well, we do have improper uh, installation, but the improper installation on it was where they bolted it to the deck bands. Okay. Not, not from, the standard construction practices. Okay. And, uh, like I said, it's got a railing on top of it, but it's dry rotten underneath the railing. See the railing was coming apart on top, which we knew we had to replace. Right. But as a rule of thumb, we know we've had to replace, uh, decking boards over the years. It's gone bad within eight years, but we've not had to replace any floor joists mm -hmm. or deck posts. Uh, I got a friend of mine over here in Boone that, we uh, put railings on his house, and uh, and we always use six by six posts. We never use a four before. We never use a four by six. And this last summer, well, this deck is seven years old, six years old, and he said I can already stick my pin through the six by six on the side of it because it's already rotted. So now it's got to be no cut out and replaced. Oh. And you know the thing about it is. I don't know an alternative for it. And, uh, and that's pretty bad in the construction field that we do not have something to turn to. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are, uh, eligible. We are contractors are able to get the arsenic treated material. Right. And so one thing I did a little research on it and it was speculated on because of the arsenic poisoning and kids playing in playgrounds and stuff. Right. That one out of a million would die. Yeah. But so far, one hadn't died. Well, and, and we don't see it on the playground equipment like we did when I was a kid. You know, I mean, that was right. the big thing. You, you'd go in and they'd have these big, elaborate wooden playground sets, you know, especially public parks and stuff. Um, but you don't see that anymore. So, Aside from a deck and porch, what exposure does a, a, a if you will, an average kid actually get to uh, treated lumber anyway? Uh, well, not unless they're playing on it. I mean, that's know? what I mean. Like, like you know, it's not like it was in the eighties and nineties, even where you, you know you had the playgrounds and you, you, you know, you you had more. I mean, there's so many other products for decking, you know, boards and things like that. That I would. I mean, this is this is a complete conjecture, but I would say that kids today aren't coming in contact to the actual, you know, physical treated lumber. In other words, touching the, the treated lumber. No, they're not. Like kids, they did when kids, we were, you know? Kids aren't going outside and playing anymore. Right. You know, electronics has taken over the, uh, what they're doing. You take uh, my grandsons, you know, well, Cotton right now, he'd rather be out on the sidewalk drawing with chalk than sitting on the deck and work right you know so each each child's a little different yeah and but I, I would just say i don't know it, it just i don't know that's a, that's a tricky one it's a tricky one but um something's got to be done because products just aren't lasting and so much of the pressure treated lumber the reason you you chose pressure treated was because you wanted to stay there and it, it's it's a lot of times some kind of structural uh piece to the house and so you know, and if it starts to fail, that's not a good thing. Right. Well, uh, you know, as I mentioned before, I've been reading more and more about deck tape. Mm -hmm. Okay. And a couple of years ago, we did a deck where they called for deck tape. But the reason they called for the deck, and what I mean by deck tape is the tape that goes over top the floor joist to keep uh, the inferior or not inferior, but right. the other material touching it from oxidizing. Okay. Yeah. And this happened to be aluminum channel deck that we did. Okay. So, but now that we found this problem down in Caldwell County, I just told the homeowner, I said, we're going to, have to tape every joist. Sure. Keep it. Well, we're not going to take a chance again, right? That's right. We're re we've replaced the floor joists on it that needed replacement, but now we've, we're taping the joists before we go back, even though we're going to use tracks. Mm -hmm. The point of it is, is once the decking goes down, there is so much moisture that is trapped underneath. Sure. Yeah. You also get moisture that comes up from dew in the mornings when, you know, from natural evaporation, natural right. evaporation from the rain. So does it truly ever dry out? 
probably during a drought. Yeah. But, but no, it don't. Sure. Sure. Well, and then, you know, we, we got that, we did a whole show a few, few weeks back on, uh, on decking and, and, and tr- pressure treated wood and all that. So I did uh, of course last week we talked about the rot. So I definitely, uh, think people should go back and listen to those two episodes and, uh, it'll, it'll make a lot more sense what, what we're talking about. Well, you know, codes as a whole has addressed moisture content in everybody's house, new construction. Mm-hmm. Okay. But seems like they've sort of kind of let it go on the outside and because it because of that right it is the outside correct i mean the house wrap takes care of uh uh under your side and stuff like that but right. you know i've never worked on a house that the house wraps have been put on backwards i've heard and about I, it though but i've I mean, seen it I've, yeah. I've gone by and seen a house that is put on backwards yeah and, and you know it all gets back to reading the manufacturer specifications. There you go. That's fair. That's fair. So, well, I'll tell you what, Randy. Let's take our first break, and we'll come right back and get into the main topic of the show, all about home all construction. Right. We'll be right back. Obviously, by listening to this podcast, you see the value of All About Home Construction. Well, by joining our listener supporter community, you're not just tuning in. You're standing with us as we are able to support and fuel our passions of the construction industry. As a listener supporter, you'll enjoy exclusive perks, including hearing your name or maybe even your business name on our show. So please go to our Spotify website. The link will be in the show notes and join. You can join for as little as as $1 one-time fee, $1 a month, $5 a month, whatever you think you can afford, every single penny helps to keep this show going as we can continue to grow and do lots more things. Thanks a lot. And again, more importantly, thank you for listening to this. All right, all about home construction. Thanks for listening to us and uh, here on the radio and on the podcast. And of course, uh, you know, Randy, again, we mentioned uh, the uh, during the first break there or first segment before the break we talked a little bit about some uh kind of reference some of the shows that we've done you can always go back and listen to those podcasts on uh wherever you get podcasts including youtube so well you, you know go. the thing about it is uh, we've had a few shows on the treated lumber and uh, no we're not harping on it but the thing about it is, is you know i do more i do more remodel than new construction right so i get to see a lot of stuff out there that a lot of people sure. don't see that's it that's it and i prefer to remodel it so well speaking of remodeling you know on these cold snowy days we're stuck in the house and we're playing on the internet because we got nothing else to do and uh you know and or maybe we're watching some tv show that's talking about houses and stuff but let's talk a little bit about some renovations now we know that if 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 i hire you as a contractor to come in and completely renovate a room or even the house itself, right? Big money. I mean, we're, you know, it, it, sometimes it costs as much to do that as it does to, to, to add on or to even uh, almost build in some cases. Right. Well, yeah. A remodel, a remodel is twice. Okay. Right. Once, once you got a demo, then you got to put it back. So it's a, it's a, uh, that's what people don't understand. Okay. Right. About remodeling. But well, you know, it's what we talked about earlier or for the show is things that homeowners can do on their own. To well, help their that's what I was wondering, you know, like what are some budget friendly things that, uh, you know, because we all like, we all, I mean, we, we've invested in our houses. We, you know, we own them. We, we invest in them. We want them to stay good. We want them to look good. Um, but, but we also like change. I mean, you know, some, sometimes we want to update something and things like that. And so I thought it'd be a fun show then to, to talk about some, Again, like you said, some some things that homeowners can do themselves, uh, or just some budget friendly, if you will, uh, home improvement projects, renovations. And uh, I mean, you know, there, there's a lot you can do, like you said, do a lot yourself. Um, but even even I think all of these we're, we're, we'll talk about in terms of getting it hired out are going to be on the on the lower end of things rather than you know a full remodel. Correct. Uh, and the number one is attic insulation okay mm-hmm. and you know first off if you go in an attic you pull your stairs down 
some people walk up a set of stairs and have a door there. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. And which that's the finer homes. But the point of it is, uh, we've seen attics with blown in insulation. Okay. And we've seen them where they did improper baffle installation. And when you do that, what will happen is, is that the wind coming up through your soffit will blow that insulation off the drywall right. or whatever type of ceiling you have. Well, you need to check that periodically. And if that does happen, then you need to go back and put some rigid insulation in, take your blown in insulation, slide it back and put, you know, you can't necessarily put R38 in it. It depends on the type of, if you can't get down there to put a baffle in, then you can't put R38. Okay. But you can put R19 in. Mm -hmm. Okay. And make sure your R9, R19 sets to the outside of your plate, top plate. Okay. All right. Then what you can do is you can step in about another three, four inches and put another layer R19 in. All right. Then you can take your blown in insulation and put back against it. That should stop it from blowing out. Ah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, it's a little labor intensive and it might be harder for, I mean, harder for older people to get down there, but for no more than uh, it costs, uh, you could be saving quite a few dollars over, over a five year period. Uh, to, to do this properly by yourself, you're probably looking at what a thousand, maybe $2,000. Well, it depends on size. On average, about a dollar square foot. Okay. Per minute. Okay. Okay. And uh, that's just a guesstimation because first off, I don't know what your house looks like. Well, that yeah, I mean that's that right. That's that's a hard one to say. But again, this is sort of that that lower end things that uh, you can do, and and you know, assuming it was done correct the first time. And now, you know, and and, and I would say too that, and, and I don't know this. You mean you correct me, but. I would say the insulation in the attic probably gets a lot more dust and compression than the, what's in the walls because it's exposed typically on the top side. Um, right. So and the more so, dust and dirt, the less R value. Yeah, well, exactly. You're compressing it less. R value is clogging it up. Would can assuming you don't really take out what's there, you're you're adding to it. Anything you do is going to help, right? Correct. Well. You hit on a very important point right there. Like my 64 model house, okay? It only had R11 insulation in it, okay? So R11 insulation wasn't very thick. So what we did was, because we couldn't get in there and put baffles in, all right, we went with uh, R13 to fill up to fill up the floor joists, yeah. okay? All right, or rafters, excuse me, or ceiling joists. All right, then what we did was we came back in and then we put R38 on it crossways. Right. All right. So we just perpendicular to it. So we we have a pretty well insulated attic here, okay? But the problem stems from R11 in the walls. Yeah. So eventually we're going to, the only way, I'm seeing commercials out there of companies that are now putting low expansion foam in the walls to compensate for your insul thin insulation. Yep. That's that's fine on a uh, wood house, okay? Wood siding because they can drill it. They can put their pop in, right? And then they can put a pop in. But see, I have a brick house. Yeah. So uh, it'd be hard for them to do it in a brick house. Yeah. Because they wouldn't yeah. know exactly where my studs were. Yeah. So for me in my house, I need to take one room at a time and take all my paneling down, which we have paneling. And uh, and then re-insulate it, and then forget the paneling. Go back with drywall that way. Right. And uh, so that is like so. There's a difference between labor intensive and doing your own. So. Yeah. Well, while we're talking about insulation, I would imagine that it would be helpful to do it uh, if you got a crawl space, um, to, at least to, to look at it and check it and do some minor repairs because. It's probably sagged at some points and and things like that. So even if you don't do a full replacement, um, at least go under that would th that doesn't really fall under the renovation, I suppose, but maintenance. But still, I think that'd be a a good thing while we're talking about insulation to to kind of remind people of. Well, there you uh, go. You're talking about the crawl space, okay? 
And what causes insulation to sag? Gravity and yeah, moisture, gravity moisture. And, and yeah. You know, fr from the ground. And if you do get it, you know, uh, you get in your basement, your crawl space, even your basement, okay? You can have a crack in your concrete floor. Right. All right. Or like that house we talked about out in Elk Park, where they put the wrong kind of expansion joint around the whole outside of it and had blackboard and blackboard rotted it out. So now it's allowed moisture behind the walls. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now it's coming into the ceiling and that insulation was moisture laden. Right. So we had to totally take it all out. It was non-usable. Because it lost its survey. Well, let's um, let, let's move on from the attic. And and another thing that I think, and this is probably what I would say is the easiest renovation, and, and probably for this on on the scale of things, the one of the cheapest re renovations, and that's just painting the interior. Right. Um. You know, like that's that's something that basically any homeowner can do. Um you know, repair any, any drywall they need to, to repair and then, and then just change the paint colors. Um, that's a pretty simple one that I think we don't think about as a renovation, but you know, when, when you're looking at sprucing up a house, that's, that's one of the easiest things to do. And one of the first things that a lot of real estate agents will tell you to do. Right. And then there you go. You know, don't buy a paint primer mix. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you're going to change color. Yeah. You know, uh, Everybody, golly, I can buy that paint primer for $19 a gallon. Yeah. And right behind you, you've got green paint there in mm -hmm. between those windows. How many coats of that you going to have to put on it? Yeah. And uh, that's the difference between a painter and a DIY person because right. a painter wanted to paint it one time where a DIY right. person will paint it three or four times. Yeah. Well, and I would say that's, even more important if when you're in the bathroom with mo things like moisture um, or, or, you know, uh, I've, I've seen it fail more because of the primer in the, you know, in the, in that mat bathrooms than, than in the living rooms. A lot of people like cues yeah. as a primer. I'm a Zinger person because that's what we used in commercial. Right. Because even though Zinger is a water-based product, once it dries, you can't cut it off with a pressure washer. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, uh, we, we use it on exterior too, and we've had houses because homeowners couldn't decide what color paint they had sat out there for two years with nothing but the primer on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so it's just plan, you know, planning is the biggest thing that is misunderstood by people. And just because you look on, uh, these TV programs, it tells you how to do everything. <laughs> It don't always work that way. Well, come on. HGTV. <laughs> you know, you don't know how many people have told me, well, I watched HGTV and I know how you're supposed to do it. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And I'm going, yeah. well, you, guess what? You need to learn how to do it yourself. You have a nice day. That's why I watch, uh, you know, shows like uh, This Old House, because they really do show you how. So see, I'm an expert contractor only because I watched this old house, not because I actually took a test. Well, there ain't but one thing I've seen on HGTV, and that's Helms Homes. Yeah, where he goes in and repairs and the, home. Yeah, and he and he puts it back the way it's supposed to. Well, because they're looking. I mean, it's just it's HGTV is just entertainment, right? I mean, let's face it, we're advertising and entertainment, but. Um, all right, well, let's let's move on because we want to get through some of this other list here. Another easy one, relatively easy, is to change out that front door, or to replace it, the front door. It is, uh, and it's not that hard. You uh, you got to have a good level. And well, I and, and, and I wouldn't do it this weekend, but you know, right? Well, we have <laughs> we have, have repaired doors like it, but. Uh, now let's, let's take moon, North Carolina. Okay. Most of your steel doors that you buy at the box stores, I can't install. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because that door is only rated for a 90 mile an hour window. Right. All right. Now it is a steel door and I have watched them be manufactured and they're, they're manufactured good, but I prefer 
a fiberglass door. Right. All right, because it, the R value is greater on. Yeah, I was going to say, it's going to be a warmer door. You're going to get less drafts also, right? And when you buy a door, buy a door with an adjustable threshold on it, not a fixed threshold. You know, we all grew up with doors where we had to put the thresholds in. Right. I mean, the industry has made changes enough to, that that's great. But when they did it, they put their own thresholds in it, but they weren't adjusted. Then, you know, hear about, you know, your high-end doors had adjustable thresholds, but now they're putting them in the, the lower price doors. Sure. And, uh, but doors are not as cheap as they used to be because, golly, we used to, like my basement door when I moved here 22 years, 23 years ago, no, 27 years ago, was a uh, French door, steel door for two ninety nine. Right. Well, it needed replacement 10 years ago. And uh, I had I hadn't done it yet, which I want to. What I did was I took out a garage door and put the French door in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Framed it, framed it down, and put a uh, uh, a uh, wind in it so for ventilation. You know, if I close the door, and uh, but it uh, it it was a cheap door is what I need. Sure. But, well, again, I think if you go back and change that out, um, you know, that's, it's a solid, uh, renovation and, 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 you know, and again, we're talking more renovations, not necessarily to replace something that's failed in, in, in this, but, you know, something that just to upgrade and, and to spruce up the house. And again, I think, I think a door, and I think while you're at the door, right. Um, look for a little curb appeal, like what's outside the door. Is there a porch or a stoop or something? Um, you know, and what right. can you do to that area to, to kind of spruce that up as well. And sometimes that's, you know, it's simple, like I said, just painting. Um, but even adding some of the like faux brick, uh, for instance, or, or rock, uh, some of those are, are, are kind of, again, for the, for the cost relatively inexpensive, that adds a lot of appeal to the house and, and the entrance way. Right. Well, you know, you, you hit on a good one there. But on a, a fiberglass door, they go anywhere from 800 to uh, 1500 okay? Mm -hmm. But there you go. You hit on another one. You go put a new door in. Use low expansion foam. Be sure to use your shims, okay, to make sure your door's stable. And put your three-inch screws in your jams. Put your three-inch screws in your striker plate and stuff. That keeps your house from being broke into. They yeah. can't kick the dust. Right. And uh, – but we're getting ready to do a, a, a brick surround in a kitchen, you know, and they're, and they're half inch brick. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, you can take, like you said, if a homeowner has a, a, an access way to their house, you know, front porch there, you can actually put an accent band around it. Or if you have corners in it and stuff and you can go by and put the brick on or you can put the fake rock on. Yeah. And they're not that hard. And if you make sure, uh, like the rock, if you put it tight enough, you don't have to grab in between it. Get dry stack rock. Yeah. Okay. Now the brick, if you use it, you're gonna have to learn how to use a pastry bag to grout in between. Yeah. But make sure you put something down for protection on your concrete porch or your wooden deck, you stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And, don't 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 cut the corners, right? And then that way, that's a uh, that's a quick fix that you can do in in just a couple of days that will improve your house quite a bit. Nice, nice. All right. Well, uh, let's, we're at the door. Let's continue on outside. And, and again, this isn't a winter project, but another uh, simple project is landscaping, I think. Um, you know, so many times we spend time on our garden and we, we spend time on the yard, you know, fertilizing and mowing and things like that. But um, look at those feature ways that, you know, outdoor lightings and even planning, right? Like choosing perennial plants over, over annual plants, you know, and keeping up with those. So you every couple of years split those, that's going to be a good budget friendly renovation. And again, that's, it's more of a, an outside renovation, but it's going to add to that curb appeal. It, it will. And you know, you're getting to see more and more people on their landscaping and it depends on the side of their house where they're starting to plant vegetables around their shrubs. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm a big fan of that. And, and, uh, and, uh, it, be, being the history guy, you know, I, I I think back and I think this is kind of funny and not to get off topic now, but, you know, I'm going to, um, <laughs> <That's> you, know, <laughs> <all right. laughs> you know, we had these colonial kitchen gardens when colonial America 
And, you know, it was, it's what it was. It was a small garden that had your herbs, you know, your herbs and spices and all the, all the small things, you know, some onions and stuff like that. And then World War II came out and we had these victory gardens, which was not much different than those colonial kitchen gardens, you know? And then, uh, I don't know. So it's, I think if we're, we're, we're swinging back over to that. And, And I think COVID that, that COVID summer, helped a lot of that because a lot of people were spending time in the yep. gardens that year and if, if you go think back it was hard to find a, even a, a pack of beans in the you know seeds in the store well you think if you're gonna grow cucumbers or tomatoes something that will grow on a trellis and you grow it in your landscaping because you already got it mulched yeah. you don't have to hope yep yep no I, i'm a big fan of that and that's uh Ah, that's if I had the time, but it really doesn't take a lot of time. But anyway, that's that, that, I think that you're right. You, I love that idea. And, uh, and, uh, well, that's, that's, you know, when you put your mulch down in the wintertime and, uh, you know, that protects your ground. Right. The only thing about mulch, mulch is it makes the ground acidic. Yep. All right. So whatever you're going to have to plant, you're going to put lime around it. Mm-hmm. All right. To, to drop the pH factor. Unless you want a bunch of blueberry bushes. Yep. Well, you can go with blueberries there now. You blueberries. Go. You know, they 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 grow real good. So there you and go. They, and I think of, and they look cool too. And uh and you know, there's about 10, 10 or 12 different varieties of blueberries yeah. that come on every month. So there you go. There's there's yeah. your, your little See? garden on the side. There you go. That's the way we roll. All right. Well, we got a couple more minutes before the break. So one thing while we're outside is, is lighting. Um, I know there's lots of solar options out there now and some of the solar lighting now is a lot better than it was even 10 years ago, especially looking back 20 years ago. Um, but if we wanted to put in some kind of lighting, is it, is it a hard task in terms of running wire and cable and, then actually, you know, hooking that up, or is it really as simple as just kind of burying a, a, a rated cable, a rated wire, and then um, just being able to plug it into an existing outlet already? You can. And the thing about it is most of that is low voltage. Okay. So that's DC power. All right. And I would rather prefer that over uh, the, the solar lighting because every solar light I've ever bought only lasts about three to four months. All right. And I bought some from uh home Depot here a few years ago. I'll go on my porch. Cause I have four before uprights and they were, you know, when they lights come on, they'd have deer and they'd have birds and stuff like that. And I've noticed that they've uh, started going out and, uh, and the, the batteries, you know, they're a rechargeable battery, which they have to charge in sunlight. Right. So I took them apart and put new rechargeable batteries in. The problem wasn't with the batteries. The problem was with the LEDs are burning out. Burning out, making out. You know, they advertise that these LEDs is going to burn so long. Uh, well, they're not. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, we're, we're know, seeing. I, I, I paid $18 for these bulbs in the VFW, or I didn't. The auxiliary did. And I was looking at one, and they're supposed to have a 25,000-hour lifespan. Okay. I got to looking at one the other day and it was dimming. It's not, it, it's not even as bright as the, the pigtail fluorescence. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so there's, there's going to be failure and yeah. everything. So, well, there's, uh, some of those, by the way, you can, there's a hack to, uh, to fix some of those LEDs when they burn out and it doesn't always work, but, uh, something about, and I don't, you have to YouTube this, um, but you can take off the cover and basically bypass one of those little uh, LED modes. Yeah, and, you gotta uh, be you got a good yeah. be real good with the solder iron to jump yeah. to jump. So I don't know. It would I never I've not tried it, but you have to let me know how it works out. So well, I'm gonna have to try it because I, I bought me a little teeny tip soldering iron so I can try <laughs> to repair them. You know, it's it's just the challenge. I love it. That's the way we roll. All right, Randy, let's take another break. We'll come right back. Right after these messages. Calling all hungry heroes. It's time to fuel up for the day at the VFW's all-you-can-eat breakfast. That's right. 
every first Saturday of the month from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m., you can enjoy a heaping helping of crispy bacon, juicy sausage, perfectly cooked eggs, golden hash browns, biscuits and gravy, and so much more, only for $15. Whether you're a veteran, a family member, or just a friend of the VFW, you're welcome to join us for this delicious tradition. Come share stories, laughter, and good company while you fill your plate with all your breakfast favorites. Don't miss out on the VFW's all-you-can-eat breakfast every first Saturday month from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. See you there. All right. Welcome back. All about home construction here in WATA. And, of course, on the podcast, uh, we're recording this show on a snowy day when we're stuck in the house. And uh, it's it's nine degrees. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's 10 degrees now. We're, we're at double digits here at the house. So. I'll have to check and see what we are here. <laughs> it says we're at 10. So uh, setting under six inches to 20 feet of snow. And <laughs> talking a little bit about some uh, some budget-friendly uh, renovations. Now, I'm going to say this one, and everyone's going to be like, probably turn it off because this is not what you think of when you think of budget-friendly. But there's a lot of kitchen renovations that you can do small things that, that are budget friendly. Now, the reason I said that is so many times when we say budget friendly, you know, we, we, we don't think of kitchen because it's expensive to, to completely renovate a kitchen. It's, it's probably the most expensive room in the house to renovate. It is. And, uh, but you hit on a topic there and, uh, which we have done here at the house. See, my cabinets were built in 64. Mm-hmm. All right. And they were built in place cabinets. All right. The, the doors were all done here. And uh, uh, so Deb decided that she was going to clean. It, okay. And she did. And, you know, the ur- old, old base urethane over the years turns yellow. Yes. Okay. So instead of sanding the cabinets down, she uh, she washed them down with Murphy's oil soap. She gave them a light sanding with uh, steel wool, and then she re-urethane, reapplied urethane and added new hinges. Yeah. Okay. Well, your hinges is probably going to be the most expensive part of it because an average depends on the type of cabinet hinge. You know, if, if it's a setback hinge or you know, like our our cabinets are, uh, you know, got the little three eighths rabbit all the way around. So you use that. Type, that's what I call an offset hinge. Yeah. And hinges can go anywhere from three bucks all the way up to about six bucks. All right. Now, if you were to get leave your frames there, you can actually get online and buy doors, new manufactured doors. And if you do that, then you can you need to sand your cabinets. Yeah. But but again, that's a lot cheaper than to than buying complete new cabinets. Correct. Yeah, um, uh, I I hadn't priced any doors out, but there's companies out there that will manufacture the doors to your size. Um, I know painting cabinets has kind of gone in and out uh, of style. Is that back in yet? Do you see a lot of painted cabinets? Uh, yeah, believe it or not. Uh. People like the point of the cabinets being painted because they can change them down the road. That's okay. that's where I was going. Is you know painting over one will we'll change the look of your uh, kitchen completely. And we had a uh, uh, house, the Kendall Cowan house, we finished in two thousand eight, and we bought maple cabinets. Oh, they were so pretty. Yeah. And uh, then the homeowner said, "Well, you know, Randy, I'd like to paint them green." No, no, no. <laughs> so uh, I happen to have a very good painter. There you go. And he did it, and he painted, took them all apart. Now he he did, he painted them on the walls, okay, but not yeah. the doors. He painted yeah. them in the shop. But yeah. uh, nice. to this day, they're still good looking set of green cabinets. There you go. Well, hey, I know that there's maple underneath. Yeah, that's that's but, what they want. But then again, you know, with paint you're not limited to your doors and your styles being the same color. Right. You get, you can do accents and change. Yeah, no, I like that. idea. I mean, it's left up to your imagination yep. on what you want to see in your cabinets. And I've seen a lot of people switching over 
uh, again, going back to the HGTV stuff is that you see a lot of like the open cabinets where they've, where, where they don't have the cabinet doors on them, but I'm personally not a fan of yep. that, but, the, but, but you see that and, and, you know, in the stacked dishes and stuff, but I don't have matching cups and, in dishes so i just that's not for me i got yeah, four man. kids at the house though that break them all the time so well you were probably uh like us you know you had that uh real high we're talking high school plastic wear uh-huh uh-huh yeah Oops. <laughs> exactly exactly all right well so moving on from the cabinets but staying in the kitchen you know another thing that i think you can do and this applies for the bathroom too and that's changing out the faucets, you know, putting a, putting a different, different hardware. And, and, and I'm going to throw in hardware too, for any doorknobs. And, and we've already mentioned, you know, cabinet doorknobs, but, but changing out those faucets and that any kind of hardware in there uh, is going to make a, it's, it's an easy project. that's going to make a lot of a difference. Well, you can probably save your sink. Say, okay. And, uh, and, you know, depends on the age of your house. The older homes used to have low faucets. Now a lot more people's into the higher faucets. Yeah. Well, and and then those that I have the wand all in one feature. Yeah. Uh, and, and more and more you're getting away from that two that you know the the spray wand and the and the faucet. And, you know more and more you're starting to see that one unit instead of the two pieces. Correct. Uh, but something else that saves a lot of money and you have to take your time with it is the old four mica tops. You don't have to replace them. Now you can paint them. Paint over. Right. Yeah. We've even, we've had clients even paint our appliances. Yep. Cause you can get appliance paint to change the color. Okay. Well, the biggest, thing, the biggest thing about that is do not paint. You have, you can paint your countertops in your house, but do not paint your appliances inside the house. Cause see, that's epoxy paint. <laughs> yeah, you will. Uh, the countertop epoxy you put on with a brush and roll it. Yeah. The uh, appliance epoxy you spray. So wear your goggles and your face mask. Right. But it's cheaper than buying a fourteen, fifteen hundred dollar refrigerator. Right. Well, exactly. And um, but even even if you change out. You you could set yourself up for a plan, plan ahead, and change out appliances, you know, one at a time for the next three or four years, um, and that would be a slow remodel um, that you can again kind of piecework it together. Uh, it doesn't all have to be done at once, and that's going to make it a little easier on the budget. Well, true, and the thing about it is, when you start changing your appliances out. You also could be saved, even though you're spending money on the new appliance, you could be saving money on your electric bill. That's right. Yeah. You know, because they say that every five years, the appliances get that much better as far sure. as energy efficiency. There you go. All right. Well, it's, it's good stuff. Good stuff. It's good stuff. So, you know, one thing we hadn't hit on changing your hot water heater. Out. Yeah. Well, that, that's definitely one of those things. I mean, it's, uh, we, especially here in the mountains, we see that with the hard water and the sediment and the, the minerals rather uh, that get into it. And um, I saw not too long ago and I, and I don't know where I saw this. Maybe you may have shared it actually, but it was a hot water heater and somebody they had replaced it. And so they went ahead and cut it open. And the bottom two elements was full of like this built up calcium. I mean, it looked like a, looked like a, a sandstone rock in the bottom of it. Correct, the, the, and uh, that's because the anode, anode tube went bad in the hot mm -hmm. water heater, and they recommend replacing that that anode tube every five years. Yep. And uh, well, and we, I never have done it on mine, and <laughs> I, I think I really need to. And uh, but I do drain my water twice a year out out of my hot water heater. That's one of the things that a lot of people don't do. That that's a simple maintenance task doesn't take a lot of time even um if, if it's installed correctly uh, it doesn't take a lot of time you hook a hose to it and drain it and uh right. it makes a big difference i'm even hearing people talk about draining their hot water heaters in the city because when a water line breaks they get so much sediment in the sure. line well it's got to go to somebody's house somewhere down the line yeah, makes sense makes sense so but uh one hey can i go back to the countertops yeah yeah 
uh, you know, I was looking on the low site here at countertop paint mm -hmm. and, uh, and they have some cheap paint for $36, 89, 81 cents. Okay. And it's a pipe. Well, I would almost guarantee you that that wouldn't hold up very well over time. Okay. Sure. But then they've got some countertops, uh, refinishing kit that go all the way up to $199. Yeah. Okay. But it's, it's a whole different thing that you can put on. They even got one for $299, but the point of it is, yes, you're paying, there's a whole difference between $299 and, and uh, $36 on longevity of what your countertop's going to be, because it, eventually it will wear out. We actually, my wife did uh, paint our countertops. We had the old fake stone look from 1964, yeah. and believe it or not, it's lasted 10 years. Nice. It needs to be done again, but now it's going to be a lot easier to do the countertop they're already, because the, yeah. the epoxy is already on and all you got to do is rough it up. Nice. Nice. Well, it, and there's, there's a lot of alternatives out there now. If you replace the countertops, uh, you know, granite is, is sort of the, the big, uh, the, the, the one everyone likes, but some of these soapstones and quartz and even concrete, um, I think are, are, are just as nice and they, and they, and they, work just as well i guess you'd say what well, is uh the skyle stone quartz mm -hmm. uh it was it came out it, it's a manufactured product it, it's a very good countertop uh for all you framers out there make sure you turn your studs all one way in your kitchens anywhere a cabinet top's got to fit and uh but they look good i like granite Granite's quite expensive. Yeah. You know, they're both expensive. I, I'm I'm more and more a fan of the concrete myself, though, uh, for countertops. If 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 they're done correctly, I think they look really cool. But and uh, you know, even the formica, you know, I used to do a lot of formica cabinet tops when we had oil-based glue. Once we got away from oil base based glue and we went to water based, <laughs> I quit. Right. Because you could put a countertop down, uh, come back the next day and the form I could be up yeah. because it turned loose. If now, if you have an old countertop that's got a bubble in it, you can take an iron and put on it, reheat the glue and it'll reactivate again. Okay. Uh, the old oil base, but, uh, the roll tops you get from Lowe's and home Depot, mm -hmm. nice tops you can do yourself and you can buy them. The hardest thing about them is, is you got, you might have to cut them. But if you cut them, be sure to turn them upside down. Right. And, you know, I have been in the situation where the corners don't fit good because your, your uh, house isn't square. And, you know, if you take a lot of patience, you can turn that top upside down and cut that countertop to fit. And then you got to clean it up with a normal sander. Right. Okay. Uh, we had a lady when I first went into business for myself and she said, I've ordered my countertops. I even had the factory guy come out. They never three times the countertops came and they wouldn't fit. And she said, they're not going to replace them again. I said, well, why not? The factory's the one that come out and measured them. They said they just can't because the house is not square. And, uh, so I said, I'll try it. That's the first time I ever changed the countertops on the angles of the house being out of square. Right. And I said, do not come and interrupt me while I'm in there working. She yeah, said, no. Why? I, I need to ask questions. I said, no, they're not going to replace them. And, uh, so believe it or not, one and little, done little trial and error. And knowing that you have to, you, you tape them from the face side, you turn them upside down and cut them, but you got to cut them with a 60 tooth blade yeah. real fine. Yeah. Sure. And what I used for a straight edge was my four foot level. Nice. Uh, I didn't use no line. I, I used level. I, use, I always cut my four mica with a level and an edge trim. And, uh, we did some countertops back in the late eighties for IRC. They were 27 foot long. And 
we did a great job doing it with the level and the trim. Nice. All right. Well, before we start to wrap things up, uh, one more uh, that I want to talk about, I think that's, that's really easy. Um, you know, as far as a do it yourself type thing, and that's changing some of the trim out, whether you're adding to it, uh, changing the baseboards, adding uh, crown molding or, or replacing the crown molding. Um, all of those, those trim pieces are something that you could do at one room at a time and, uh, paint. I mean, there's, there's paint choices, there's wood finish choices. I mean, you, 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 there's a lot of choice, uh, that, and again, just a relatively inexpensive renovation that really changes the room up. Uh, one of the easiest and cheapest out of all of them is a chair rail. Okay. And that way you can, if you put it as a, uh, 32 inches high, 36 inches high, whatever, you know, most of the time are 32 inches. Uh, that way your bottom underneath can be one color paint, upper can be. The hardest out of all of them is crown mold. Okay. And uh, you can do that with a, uh, you know, a, 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 uh, not electric miter saw, but a, a box miter saw. Yeah. Okay. But if you go, you got to learn how to do your corners. And when you use a box miter saw, hand which is a handsaw yeah. you have to learn to cut upside down to get it to work like the modern day miter saws we all cut flat because they've got two angles on there for yeah. inside and outside yeah because they're compound yeah. yeah and uh and then you know uh youtube will teach you how to cope because it's a lot easier to cope and get things right than it is to miter in your corners because when you cope it doesn't make any difference if your corners out of square at all right Cause you're matching it. Well, you know, one thing I like, and, and this goes back to that more of uh I guess that rustic look, you know, it, it, it is, but I think it looks really good if done right is not like your traditional fancy, if you will, crown molding, but just putting a piece of trim up uh, at the top of the ceiling, you know, uh, square pieces, you know, I think uh, if done correctly can look good too. Correct. What we did on the house this last summer was they wanted one before for crown molding laid flat. Then they wanted a, uh, a one by two put on top of it. So now you get a little it profile. Had a, it had a profile to it. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of options out there. Yeah. Uh, I'm a wood man. I like wood, uh, but you have MDF out there. Okay. You can use it. You can get it different sizes. It's a lot less money. It's already primed. The biggest thing about MDF is if you drive a nail in it, you're going to have to do a little sanding, a little putting. Right. Do not use it around wet places. Yep. Yep. Well, I think that about wraps things up here on All About Home Construction. Again, we appreciate all of our listeners out there. And, uh, well, we'll put this out on the on the Facebook page uh, as well. So you can go back. You can find all of them there. But wherever you listen to podcasts, All About Home Construction, uh, we'll put this on YouTube and, and all the iTunes and all the other cool places and uh, share it with friends, right? Yep. And so, thank you for listening to us. That's it. Well, Randy, stay warm and uh, we'll, we'll see if we can't get a, a live radio show in next time. And, uh, but it, hey, that's what we're, that's what technology is all about. That's why we like the podcast. So. Hey, we're, we're growing up a little. That's it. So thanks again for listening to us and Randy, I'll see you next time, man. All right. Bye.